Hello and welcome to Lowy Institute Conversations, a podcast where Lowy Institute researchers and some of the world's leading experts discuss international issues of the day. My name is Mihai Sora and I am the project director of the Australia Papua New Guinea Network here at the Institute. Here at the network, we work to build links and understanding between Papua New Guinea and Australia, strengthening connections across the broadest range of areas, including business, civil society, the arts, and culture. We're taking a break from our usual foreign policy conversations, and today I'm delighted to welcome Ruth McDougall, Curator of Pacific Art for the 10th Asia-Pacific Triennial of Contemporary Art, APT10, showing at the Queensland Art Gallery and Gallery of Modern Art, and Ruha Fifita, an interdisciplinary artist born and raised in the Kingdom of Tonga, who has exhibited throughout the Pacific and who has curated a number of projects for APT10. Ruth, Ruha, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mihai. Thank you. Nice to be here. APT10 opens 4 December and includes 69 projects with new and recent work by emerging and established artists and collectives from across Asia and the Pacific, comprising more than 150 individuals from 30 countries, including Urumat Mugas, or Urumat Story Songs, a collaborative project inspired by the ceremonial practices of the Urumat families who live in and around the township of Golim in East New Britain, Papua New Guinea. Ruth, I'll start with you if I may. Can you tell us a bit more about how APT10 was put together this year? Sure. Uh, APT10 um, has been put together the same way as all of the APTs since Mm. 2002. And it's uh, completely been curated almost predominantly um, in-house by a team of curators here. There have been a total of 10 um, curators working on the project and we begin the APT process almost as soon as an APT is up. So this process began in 2018, thinking about the places that we needed to um, become involved with, that we wanted to do some more research into. Then we have a period of time and we were very, very lucky uh, this time to do a lot of research travel in 2019 before the international borders closed. Um, And so all of that team went, or six members of that team went out and, uh, and visited artists and communities all across the region and um, then come back and make recommendations uh, to a wider team, including our executive. And then um, the process, the kind of more logistical process and the creative process of working with artists and communities to develop work begins. And what are some of the themes that emerged from the Papua New Guinea and other Pacific projects in the exhibition this time around? There's a really strong representation of Indigenous voices um, and a really strong kind of thread of Indigenous peoples looking towards the future and but in that way of the Pacific that we know of where you look back to look forward. Um, So there's, you know, this kind of strong future led but with your feet firmly on the ground in tradition and connected to place and people um, that has arisen in this particular iteration. There's a quite strong exploration of architecture 
and it's been quite interesting that that's come through both as a more formal um, exploration of space but also the looking at domestic spaces in um, light of, 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 you know, what we've all been living through with COVID. Uh, it, there's not like that COVID theme, but it has come through in that, that whole kind of uh, exploration of the domestic versus the public. A lot of the projects are quite collaborative um, and yeah, I think that's partly though because there's such a strong Indigenous representation. There's always a strong emphasis look, working with artists from this region on materiality and, um, and you know, a real um, truth to materials, which is really, really beautiful. Of course, and we know that materials have their own stories, um, which um, in in the Pacific um, is really good to incorporate in the art as something unique, I find, to art from, from the region. Ruha, turning to you now, what have you taken away from your experience working on APT10? As Ruth mentioned, the APT as an event is really connected to a long, a long process of preparation and relationship building and research. So... Yeah, I think APT10, um, I worked briefly on APT9 and to do it again, kind of re-engage with this platform, I think was really valuable and being able to go deeper to um, explore relationships that had just started in my first um, involvement in APT9. But I think particularly being, having grown up in the Pacific, I, um, as you mentioned, grew up in Tonga and working in the art scene from a very different angle. I really appreciate the perspective it's given me on, on you know, the role of the art and the artists in a much broader conversation. Um, you know, what, what these artists and the work they do have to contribute to discourses at the level of the Asia Pacific region. And yeah, and how that can evolve and how institutions can allow for the conditions to make works possible and ways of working and engaging with new audiences possible for these artists in a way that I feel is really important. Um, towards allowing the channels where they really can contribute to the needs of, of a much broader, um, a much broader region. So I've, yeah, just loved being able to see that um, develop and to learn about all the different kinds of roles, one being the curatorial role, the role of the artist in, in making that possible for, for these communities and artists, yeah. Amazing. Now, as you said, um, apart from working on APT10, you are also a practicing artist. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your creative practice? Yeah, um, I, I come from a family that's very creative and so it's been very organic. I think we've always been looking for ways uh, with, with family and friends to think about how our unique experiences can be channeled into contributing to the needs of the community around us. It's a very, um, that's kind of guided things. It was never a kind of this decided um, decision on my part to say, you know, had aspirations of being um, an artist per se, but in, in coming from a family where music and performance and creating has always been a part of our lives, those opportunities have arisen and, and continue to evolve. So, yeah, I've always painted. Um, I, I think I've just followed my parents and my elder siblings into this industry that I also see is very connected to um, to other spaces of um, both of my parents as school teachers and so really passionate about education, about the, the environment, about contributing to 
um, the role that youth play in a society and art has always been really, I feel, a really important tool to cater to needs across um, many different fields. So uh, I was really grateful to um, be able to now bring that experience and build on it in this space. Um, and as a painter, I've always worked very collaboratively and just with the knowledge I have from growing up in that place. So I work a lot with natural fibers and um, with others from my community and um, family always. So yeah, and looking, I think, at the connection between performance and visual arts and um, music has also been uh, very characteristic of the way that we work also. It's a bit hard to not to <laughs> hone in and focus, yeah, articulate clearly, but. That's, that sounds amazing. Um, can you tell us about what do you see as some of the shared or unique challenges for Pacific artists or Papua New Guinean artists or Tongan artists uh, in particular? Is the art making process different? Is the art industry different for Pacific artists? Well, what, something that stood out to me in um, maybe in the research and recent conversations is how we define success or like the trajectory for an artist working in the Pacific. Um, there's a lot of, there's certain structures that I think really promote certain ways of being an artist where it's kind of, um, how do I say, you know, a lot of emphasis on the individual and some kind of form of success where it, it's attributed to accolades or, you know, where you've exhibited or um, the awards you've been granted or how much your work sells for. Uh, and so I think kind of overcoming that and being able to step back and redefine your own definitions of what it means to be a successful artist and to know that um, giving back to your own community in certain ways can be, uh, is recognized just as much as how much you're represented on an international forum. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of been something to just interesting to articulate. And I really appreciate seeing examples of how APT and particularly Roots work has engaged with Papua New Guinea region where it's been long term um, and it's been one of the regions where where APT has had a lot of strength over the years and continually to go back and expand their engagement and I think this really opens up you can see over a long period of time how artists start to see new new ways of working and new possibilities of how not only to be um, to conceptualize their involvement in an event like APT but also to reconsider how they engage with their own practices locally. Well, that's great. Ruha, staying with you, it, it's often said that all art is political. Would you agree with this? I find that a hard question to either agree or disagree with because it really depends, I think, on your definition of what political is, whether it's about, you know, having a very, you know, the intent of the work, having a message, or it's about what an audience gets from it, if it's about having kind of a polarised view and choosing a stance. Um, so I guess in a really broad sense of politics and the way of trying to affect change and uh, structural change or um, artwork, whether intentionally can have that impact, even if it's not intentional of the artist, but I'd, I don't know if I can say yes or I agree or disagree. <laughs> Um, to that question, to be completely honest. But I feel like, art, you know, um, perhaps the purpose of it, often we should appreciate that it, it can transcend politics, the role of art, and it can be something that's really unifying and highlights humanity and things that go beyond 
perhaps what politics might be standing for in a particular moment also. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful answer. Ruth, uh, turning to you now, you've been working with Pacific Art for some years now, and you were the curator behind the fantastic 2016 exhibition Number One Neighbour, Art from Papua New Guinea from 1966 to 2016. What attracted you to the Pacific and to Papua New Guinea in particular? My um, engagement with the Pacific really was uh, born as a result of working in this institution and on the APT APT project. I was, you know, that's something that I feel very privileged um, to have had as an introduction and also as a way of engaging with artists and communities in the Pacific. I think that it's um, because it's a recurring show, it's enabled me to um, develop quite strong relationships with individuals and with communities, which I think is quite important. I know that a lot of colleagues in other institutions don't have that opportunity and the capacity to go back and to continue to nurture um, even just conversations that may have happened and to pick up on things again is a real uh, is a really important, significant um, and uh, fantastic thing to be able to do. My background also, like Ruha, is as an artist, I have a master's in textiles and so materially I've all, I was very strong, you know, very quickly um, attracted to the kinds of works that were being made by artists who I met. I'm happiest on the ground on a mat with, you know, pandanus sleeves in my hand. Um, so, it, and I think that there's a language that's spoken through materials um, that is quite an important one to have as a curator. And it's, I'm glad that I have that shared language with a lot of the artists that I work with and Ruha shares that as well as a, as a textile artist. Papua New Guinea, I first travelled there in 2011. Very, I was very fortunate to travel with um, the architect of the um, National Museum and Art Gallery in Port Moresby, who had an incredible passion for the country. He was born there, Martin Fowler. He, um, you know, was 21 when he was, when Samari asked him to build that museum, to design that museum. And he just was, you know, it was just infectious um, and a really um, important way to first engage again with artists and communities because he he just, you know, it, it was just easy. He had a, um, a beautiful relationship with everybody that we met. Um, and so I've never, you know, people say to me all the time, aren't you scared going there? Like what? And it's like, no, like it's the you know they're the best people in the world. Like they're absolutely. I've never felt more at home and more um, yeah embraced. Really, that's fantastic. So we've touched on some themes of collaboration and community and looking to the past to understand the present. Uh, how does Pacific art incorporate contemporary or, or future? themes of future anxieties maybe how have you seen the art industry evolve over time in the pacific ruth it's an interesting question because you use the word art industry um, um, so that positions it very much in a in a kind of a commercial space and i think that that is a, a slightly problematic space to place pacific art so I, don't, I think that a lot of artists that are working aren't 
actually they're doing it because there's no and i mean actually all artists most artists don't do it for a commercial reason they do it because they can't not do it um and i especially feel like that in the pacific i think there's a lot of challenges um for them because the infrastructure isn't um as developed obviously in many of the countries that we're the artists that we're working with but i think you know if you if you look at art and contemporary art in a wider perspective of what's happening globally i think that that, that whole idea of industry is shifting and that there is much more of a focus on what what else art can do and i think mm. Ruha's answer to the question about art being political is a very good one i actually think it's a political act to sew it to fi-fi, you know, mm. a quilt. I, because you know, it, the amount of labour that's involved in doing that is against everything that our society is kind of pushing us in or, you know, that we're encouraged to be. And I think that these artists are actually making quite strong political statements by doing that. Um, and I think that, that the global discourse around contemporary art is coming around much more to to appreciate and to honour, actually, a lot of that kind of um, uh, in the integrity behind those processes and also the immense knowledge um, that are, are held by these artists. And so I think that, um, yeah, I think it's an exciting place, actually, for Pacific artists at the moment. Um, definitely, you know, I think that we're just going to see more and more artists become much better known. That's a fantastic answer. Now, COVID has made maintaining people-to-people -people links, even with our closest neighbors, more difficult. But how can we use art to form positive links between Australia and the Pacific? I'd love to hear both of your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, it's been interesting, even in some of the projects we're working on, how COVID coming in midway has really shifted the way we're able to engage with um, and realize, you know, the, the original aspirations of an artist and in some ways um, it's completely transformed a project to be something very different than it started off as. Um, and I think just the creative, yeah, the conversations that we've had um, where artists that may intend, like originally have intended to come here or um, to make together with others that they can't meet with uh, in their own settings or nearby uh, has forced us to get a lot better at conversations um, and to ask more questions um, and to, you know, exercise patience in different mm -hmm. ways, you know, giving the time for that, that understanding to really unfold. Um, also where artists have never been to Brisbane or to this gallery space, um, it's, that's always a challenge of trying to, you know, help see where the final work will set the context of where this, this artwork will end up. And so, yeah, I think, um, where art is starts in one place, but is intended for a different audience is a really interesting way to work where it's all about trying to build understanding through, um, yeah, conversations online and emails and, um in written text in that way so yeah i think engaging it's almost like you're walking that creative um that yeah creative path with the artist to kind of build and um provide the information 
needed and translate things from one context to the next um, both ways. So that's more specifically to APT. But I think art in itself, maybe more generally, um, we've just seen, I mean, maybe I find it perhaps uh, more useful to reflect on my own work, <laughs> creative work during this time even, has been new, new needs come to light. You know, I think in a, in a period where there's kind of this global shared experience, you can have different conversations become possible and different, um, the need for connection to, you know, the urgency to really understand different people's perspectives is seen in new light, um, to start to think about what are the strengths of our local communities and how important it is to learn to work together, these kinds of things, I think different themes um, gain new importance in this COVID era and hopefully, um, you know, the arts can facilitate a process of learning and creative thinking where we think about it not as a challenge that we just want to see come and go, but something that we have important things to learn and we need to see ourselves as co-creators of the future that comes afterwards. Um, and the creative process, understanding it, uh, yeah, I think is a, has a really important role to play in that, that kind of building of resilience. That's fantastic. Ruth, what do you think? Well, I think that one of the really important things about the work that we're doing um, is uh, the audience. And, um, you know, you mentioned before the Number One Neighbour exhibition. One of the main uh, objectives of that was to make work from Papua New Guinea more accessible to an Australian audience. And I think that um, building connections between Australia and the Pacific a lot of it is also about um, educating our audience about what the Pacific is. And um, that's been, you know, one of the things when Ruha and I began the process of thinking about what we wanted to do with this APT, a very important thing that we both wanted to focus on was, you know, maintaining our relationships and building relationships with artists that we'd had before, that we'd worked with before, but also, um, bringing to the table the very important resource we have here in terms of the Pacifica community. Um, and Ruha mm. just had a group in here on the weekend uh, looking at a project that we've done that focuses on uh, the northern Oceania, so what you know most people will probably call Micronesia, um, which hasn't had any airspace really mm. in, in Australia. Um, and the the responses from that particular engagement amongst our Pacific community were um, very emotional and very, very strong. Mm -hmm. And they become the bridge, you know, the, these, uh, this group who Ruha is also working with as part of APT, um, they also become a bridge between those artists and our audiences. And I think, you know, they, that's a really um, important um, uh, a place to be for us, to space for us to be working, and particularly in, in times like COVID. Mm -hmm. And I know with the project that we've been working on in Papua New Guinea, um, it is a project with a community that I had been working with. I first met in 2011, been working with since 2016, 2016. Um, and their desire, their main passion was, again, to connect with an Australian audience. And they won't be able to do that physically, but their work certainly will. Um, and um, it's their art that makes that link. 
Mm. Um, and so, you know, people will actually understand, will know who they are. Like, I mean, that's one of the amazing things also about this Micronesia project. People don't even know the names of the countries <laughs> um, that you know, these artists are working in. So mm. it's, yeah, it's quite important for the audience. I, think. I love this thread in both your answers um, as if, COVID has almost been a catalyst for us to, to, to listen more and to think more about our communities and about our relationships and how to maintain them, how to nurture them, uh, in your words, Ruth. Uh, and, and art, of course, is about collaboration and it's about these connections. And I love this phrase that we, we're makers of our own future. We're sort of authors of our own future. Um, Ruha, just staying on that topic, what advice would you have for young people in the Pacific or in Australia thinking about becoming artists or working in that creative space? I feel like every young person with Pacific heritage should be engaged in the creative arts space <laughs> um, and should see that they are artists and are creatives and are creators of the cultures that they are from and the cultures they're a part of. Um, so, yeah, I feel like just expanding that, you know, not to see art as something that's for the elite or for just for those that are choosing to do it as a profession. But I guess um, particularly if it's something that, you know, you can't help but want to spend all your time and really invest significant um, connection to it. It's, it's about seeing, I feel like there's a lot of value now and a lot of opportunities to really explore and pioneer ways that, um, seeing the arts, not just for the outcomes that they produce necessarily, but for them as a space of learning, of generating knowledge, of creating conversation, um, you know, of building and, and nurturing relationships and connecting to our environment, those kinds of things, um, purposes, seeing how they contribute to many fields of knowledge, um, you know, across and, yeah, I just, I think, seeing that and, and seeing the, the relevance of these forms of expression really with a global perspective um, is, is an exciting way to approach your work. And um, there's a great need for more people and more creatives to, to do that. Absolutely. And Ruth, for those of our listeners who won't be able to attend APT in person, how can we connect with the exhibition this year? Well, the, uh, many of the public programs over the opening weekend will be online. So you can still participate in the opening weekend online. Of course, we're pretty excited that the Queensland border will open on the 17th of December. So we're hoping that people will still be able to make their way up and that we'll be in a place where we can, we can host people. Um, but yeah, keep Keep your eye on the Quagoma website, um, on our social media channels, and yeah, hopefully we'll see you here at some stage during the the course of APT. It runs through till uh, the twenty fifth of April with a big uh, festival at the end mm -hmm. uh, to celebrate that closing weekend. That's fantastic. Definitely one to catch. Before we wrap up, do you have a favorite piece, Ruha, and then Ruth? from this year's exhibition? Can we say no? <laughs> no. <laughs> we love them all. <laughs> it's a deceptively tricky question. I won't force you to answer it. No, it's not, not a favourite piece. There's, um, you know, there's 
works that you have a really strong connection to for different reasons at different times. Mm -hmm. um, I've been very lucky to have had uh, one of the Pacific artists move up from Sydney and actually spend nine mm -hmm. months living in Brisbane uh, to create his uh, APT work. And it's just been um, beautiful to watch the process of him engaging across the institution, actually. and. Um, yeah, just transforming a lot of the, you know, the people that he's been working with just by being here. Um, it's, that's been a really beautiful experience. Yeah, this, that's, and there's lots of, you know, I love obviously the Uramat Mugas project. It's, um, <laughs> I've been working on it for a long time. I love yeah. the, I love the works in it. The music is amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I remember David Brady explaining to me it's like the best rock concert he's ever been to um, <laughs> and I think it is. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of, you know, this big 13-metre Billy Billy being built downstairs at the moment. Lots yeah. and lots, isn't there? The beautiful pots that, oh. that Rue Hart has brought in from Fiji. So Favourite parts of every project, yeah, I think, would be... Like <laughs> every, every we're kind of lucky. It's like Christmas every day, isn't it? Like, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, Ruth McDougall and Ruha Fifita, thank you so much for your time today. We've learned to see art as communal and personal and global and contemporary and rooted in the past and connected to the present We've learned to see COVID as an obstacle, but also a vehicle for how we can connect with art and with the communities around us and how to build relationships. It's been such a pleasure and a privilege to hear from you today. I myself am very excited about making my way to APT uh, as soon as we can travel there. Um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Mihai. Thank you. And I'd also like to thank the supporters of the Australia Papua New Guinea Network Project for their ongoing support, the Australian Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, and our event sponsors, Bank South Pacific and Coca-Cola Euro-Pacific Partners Australia. You've been listening to Lowy Institute Conversations with production support from Josh Godding. From everyone at the Institute and the AusPNG team, see you next time.